This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, we say goodbye and thank you to an old era. And welcome in a new chapter in the history of Burnley Football Club. This is the Known and Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to a very special summer edition of the Known and Never podcast. The first one that we have come to you since the end of the season and that heartbreaking relegation from the Premier League. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me are two, possibly three, maybe even four, wonderful, much-loved members of the Known and Ever family, Tom Whittaker and George Poole. We've also got producer Matt Lurkin in the background, who's going to be doing a live edit, but I think he's probably going to get him to come on and say a few words at some point, as much as he's smirking at me at the screen and saying no. Um, and at some point when he's at his tea, Rich Steele is also joining us. Um, listeners, today is the day a new chapter in Burnley's history is upon us, as the football club has announced that the new first team coach will be none other than ex-Manchester City legend, previous Andalect manager, Vincent Company. We are going to get immediate reaction from our panellists to find out exactly how we are feeling about this next chapter in our journey. Um, and to kick us off, I'm going to go straight to my favourite, as always, Tom Whitaker. Just let's dive straight in here. Let's not waste any time. Vincent Company, manager, go. Yeah, I feel like you should have gone to George first. Maybe you're building up because I don't think I'm as excited <laughs> as everybody else seems to be, uh, to be honest. I'm not. I'm not downhearted about it by any means. It's interesting. It's uh, it's a real kind of shift from what we've been used to. Obviously, anything was going to be kind of new and exciting after so long with the same manager. Um, you know, the first foreign-born uh, coach that we've had, so that's quite interesting. Uh, a different style. Uh, although, you know, this. Having said that, I mean, I'll be honest and hold my hands up, and this is why I'm not getting too excited about it. I don't really know what to expect. Um, I've heard that he plays 4-4-2, but then it's like slow passing. But will he do that here? Has he got the players to do that here? Will he be bringing in the players to do that? It, there's so many unknowns at the minute. You know, we've got the, the bare bones of a squad with the amount of people released before we start bringing people in. Uh, and I'll, I'll, probably my excitement will grow a little bit when we see what kind of players he's targeting, what kind of backing he's going to get. Um, I think it's going to in, increase our sort of media profile a little bit, probably make us a bit more of an attractive target for 
the loan market, things like that. You can see a lot of teams down the years who've been promoted from the championship have used that really, really cleverly. Um, you look at like that Derby team that had Harry Wilson, Mason Mount, um, Tammy Abraham when he was at Aston Villa, he got them up. So if, if there's one or two players like that in the Man City Academy, then uh, then that'll be worth its weight in gold. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting carried away. I'm not really excited. Uh, I'd say I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. So I'm ready to be whelmed. I'm just whelmed. <laughs> I'm just whelmed. Well, just pause that thought for a second, Tom, because I want to come back to you in a minute and find out if this wasn't um, overwhelmed, who pretty much was on your target list. Um, George, he did set the gauntlet for you and say I should have come to you first. I think you and I are in the same camp as being very, very giddy about this appointment. So what's your immediate reaction? Yeah, yeah, it's funny because yesterday, literally just yesterday, I messaged you guys saying, oh, all my excitement's gone now. It's been so long, blah, blah, blah. But that was a lot of rubbish because when the notification came through at work today, I was just absolutely over the moon. You know, really, 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 really excited by the appointment. As we say, you know, first foreign manager in Burnley history. I mean, we've come a long way from when um, Andres Villas-Boas was rejected because he used a PowerPoint in his interview. You know, we're a long way from that now. Um, and I just think it'll be really exciting. I think it's 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 a mix, it's a good mix of both worlds in that, you know, he's this fresh young manager who obviously, who obviously has the star power, you know, one of the greatest Premier League captains of all time. Um, but at the same time, like Tom like Tom alluded to, he plays a 4-4-2. Now, it's not exactly a dice ball, you know. We'll probably go on and talk about it a bit later. It is it is a, a lot different style and there's some good articles online about it, but it all seems very exciting. He likes to blend young young players through and I, I think, you know, Natalie, as you'll probably be buzzing with, it, it's a completely new era this summer. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, we've got we've got a lot of players outgoing. We'll have a lot of players coming in and it's just a, it's just a big old re- reset. And I can't think of many more managers that I'd be more excited about going on a journey, you know, up the football league, <laughs> hopefully be as champions this year. And then, you know, building on that in the Premier League, not to get ahead of myself. Yeah. I've got to say, listeners, just to give you a little bit of a snapshot to what life is like at None and Ever HQ, trying to catch up with and keep a lid on George Poole's fluctuating emotions is a full-time job and is one that is honestly it's not even funny he goes from like the most giddy ridiculous adrenaline rushes to the lowest down swings I've ever seen in my life and half the time George I'm not being funny I'm, I'm just zone out of half your messages sometimes because I never know which one you're gonna wake up to um well as promised in my tantalizing tease at the beginning of this episode we are indeed joined by Rich Steele who is joining us Fully clad in Burnley shirt, eating crisps. Not only crisps, listeners, skips, the skip, the crisp of champions from his sofa. Rich, you haven't missed much. We've only just started. Uh, we were just talking about immediate reaction to company. We've got Tom, who isn't overwhelmed or underwhelmed, he's just whelmed. We've got George, who's giddy as a kipper. I'm probably in camp, George. Have you got some balance here or do you fall into one of those? Yeah, so we, so evening, everyone. I hope we're well. Um... Can we hear me okay? Sorry, Matt. So yeah, you're all good. Just, I'm just trying these on tonight because it was really crap the last time. So, yeah, but... <laughs> uh, you're welcome, everyone, listeners. Uh, yeah, just finished, uh, just finished my tea and on, and on with my skips um, after after a long day at work. But I'm really excited by the news personally. I think once the comp- company news initially broke out and we got relegated, I thought we'd actually have no chance of getting him. Uh, so I think to get him in the team, um, into the club is really exciting. 
as George mentioned there, he's going to bring a new style, which is something I'm really looking forward to. I think he's proven at Anderlecht he can go in and maybe work on not a massive budget, bring young players through, which is something obviously Alan Pace wants. Uh, but at the same time, course, it's a little bit of a gamble. You know, he's not managed in the championship, never played in the championship before. It is a different, you know, kettle of fish to what the Jupiler League is like in Belgium. And ultimately, he's got to get. We've got to get the players in. You know, it's no good having Vincent Company, Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp. You know, we need a lot of. You know, we do need a lot of players in. But at the same time, I'm quite um, a sentimental person, really, and and. You know, seeing Ben Mee go in and quite a lot of the older players go in, including the manager, has been quite sad for me, actually. Um, you know, because that era was just absolutely fantastic. But I think with this announcement now, I'm really looking forward to the new era, looking forward to seeing pre-season, seeing who we're linked with. Um, you know, and fingers crossed, it, it's going to be an exciting time. I think there's two things that Alan Pace wants, um, is to get a better style of football, which obviously I think we will have, and is to make Burnley more commercially viable. Uh, you know, to the wider public. And I think company ticks the boxes, but ultimately we've still got to get the players um, into the club. But listen, my, you know, yeah, so just go, yeah, good. Let's go for it. Um, you know, and let's, let's have a new era at Turf Moor because it's been a while. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's very much where I'm coming from with my excitement about this. I, I think you can have both. And I, I said this when Daesh, got sacked you know a few couple of months ago now you don't have to sit here and and just forget everything that Daesh did and forget that incredible decade that we had at the club it's a really important part of our history and Daesh quite rightly takes his place as our most successful modern manager and an absolute legend of the club but you can enjoy all of that and you can appreciate all of that but at the same time recognize that that particular area era for me had gone very tired and the style of football was no longer effective and we weren't able to attract the players that we wanted to because of the reputation that we had. And I was really, really ready, exactly what Rich just touched on there, for a completely different style. Um, Tom, I think one of the things that we talked about just before we came on air was, was about the other challenges to companies' jobs, so who else we could have possibly got in there. And I think one of the things for me is that I think as a club, we we've needed to, to be aware of where we sit in the media and where we sit amongst um, footballing reporting, I guess is, is probably not the right word for it. But we have an image that we were perhaps unfairly given, which I then think Dash may be cottoned onto and, and, and reinforced and that's then almost become a parody of what we are as a club and what I'm looking for for a new appointment is the ability for Burnley to still be an old historic club that's got very close ties to the community but is appropriate for 2022 and, it, and plays that modern football I mean you said earlier on that that company you know you weren't particularly overwhelmed with that you know who else do you think could have delivered that rebrand? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much you you were uh, you were looking at a rebrand as the the primary kind of goal of, of the new manager. I mean, for, for myself, I, I you know I, I didn't think there was too much wrong. Obviously, I'm not saying we should have kept Dyson necessarily that we would have stayed up with Dyson in charge, but. I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's the champ no one likes, we don't care. I, I don't particularly care if the media like us or if other fans like us. I know it's important to Alan Pace, but 
doesn't really bother me. I used to I used to like Sean Dyche. Used to I used to, I used to quite like the football we played. To be honest, I've never been a big fan of the old uh, asset sideways for twenty minutes around the centre half like Arsenal come and do every time we play them. So uh, yeah, for me the priority for a new manager would have been uh, making sure we get back up. Um, I think that's really important for the the short term and the long term future of the club financially with the way that the takeover has been done. I'm sure probably Alan Pace would say that's quite high up on his list of priorities as well. I think you've taken a bit of a gamble if you appoint someone like Vincent Company. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he, we've got no chance with him. Like, you know, we might sit here in nine months going straight back up and thinking what a brilliant appointment that was because it's ticked that box and it's ticked these other media boxes, etc. as well. But, uh, you know, I would have I would have been more excited, I think, if we'd have got someone who's kind of been there, done it, proven promotion winner, someone like... Uh, Chris Wilder, as an example. I mean, I don't know whether he would have necessarily left Middlesbrough and come to Burnley. Um, but someone like in that mould, I think that would have got me a bit more excited because it's a safe pair of hands. It's someone where you think if you give him a decent budget, you can be reasonably confident that he's going to finish in the top six. Now, there's not that many of them out there. Obviously, we, we sat one last year and he's not going to come back. Um, and somebody old breed, you know, someone like Neil Warnock, I wouldn't have been that excited if we'd have got him. I think maybe his, his day's done now. Um, so you know, there's, it's not a massive long list, um, but for me, that that's what I'd have. I'd have got yeah. more excited about that. But I'm not. I'm not opposed to the company by any means. I don't want to seem like I'm putting a downer on it or anything like that. It'll be interesting. But if you'd asked me, who would I? If you just offered me Wilder or company, would I have picked Hadis? I'd have had Wilder all day. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's really, one of the reasons why I came to you on that, Tom, is that I want to get some balance here, and I, and I think Burnley fans and I'm one of the worst for this, can get massively carried away both on both sides of the spectrum. We can lose a game and feel like it's the end of the world. We can win a game and just get giddy. And there's a tendency among Burnley fans, because it's such a glamorous appointment for us and it's quite out of character for Burnley, I've just got ridiculously excited by this appointment. And it's, it's good to get somebody to put our feet on the ground and say, well, look, hang on a minute, guys. You know, he isn't championship proven. He is quite junior at the moment in his managerial um, career. So let's not get carried away with ourselves here. Um, getting carried away with ourselves is absolutely not the way to introduce George Poole back into again, this conversation because that is what he does best. Um, but George, joking aside, please don't be putting Neil Warnock in our chat while we're trying to put this on air because that's that's not a, a, a thing. Um, I guess from a player's perspective, obviously, we, we touched on this a little moment ago in that the sadness, and I, I feel very sad about this, the end of the outgoing era is the loss of some really key players for us who've been such a massive part of our journey. Um, the Holy Trinity at the back, for me, is the worst. That I'm going to miss those three, assuming that Pope is going to go as well. Um, where do you think companies should be looking in terms of the transfer market? I'm not talking about positions here. I'm talking about where he gets those players from. Bearing in mind, we don't yet know what our budget is going to be. Well, he, he needs to look at he needs to look at numbers, doesn't he? Really, I mean, first things first, we've got an absolutely tiny, threadbare squad that we've been left with as it stands. You know, due to the return list that we'll obviously talk about. Uh, like 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 you, absolutely devastated that me's gone, Tarks is gone, Pope's Pope is you know all but confirmed. You'd you'd, you'd really expect him to leave as well. I saw a mental stat on on Twitter. I, sorry, I can't remember who posted it, but uh, it's the first time since 2003 that we've not had either Michael Duff or Ben Mee in the Burnley squad. And you just you just think about that, and you think well, that's that's 
19 years that we've not had one of them two central defenders wow. in the Burnley squad. Uh, and you just think, yeah, now when I go on turf more and I t- take my seat and I look, look out on that pitch, I'm not going to see either of them at, at the back, at the centre of defence. It's, it's, it's quite sad and it's quite scary. And we've just we've just appropriately seen Nathan Collins score an absolute worldie for Ireland. And it's going to be really, it was, it was going to be really exciting to see him develop. But at the same time, we thought, yeah, alongside Ben May, alongside someone yeah. experienced. So, you know, we, we are going to have to bring in players all over the pitch. I'm not one of these who's particularly bothered where they come from. I'm not going to say, oh, I think we should really go into the European market because the shackles are off. Let's go and let's go and do it. You know, like Tom says, there is an element of getting players who are experienced in the championship who know exactly what the league's about. We saw Veghorst, um, you know, uh, come into the Premier League and let's be honest, not really pick it up. I still think there's a really good player there. But didn't quite pick it up. And that's the gamble you can take on, on foreign players, on players who haven't played in these leagues before. So, you know, I'm not I'm not one of those who thinks, let's go out and buy everyone in Europe. But at the same time, you've got two obvious choices, haven't you? You've got go and raid Man City's academy, which would be lovely to get a couple of loan players. Um, you know, in the ilk of a Mason Mount, you see how he progressed at Derby. And, and now look at him, you know, playing week in, week out for England. But at the same time, you've got maybe a, a few players from Belgium that, that company's yeah. either coached or or watched, or, you know, played against. I think, you know, just off the top of my head, that Josh Cullen, uh, who's a central midfielder and elect. I know I'm rambling here, but we'll talk about it later, about the style of 4 4 2 players, where a centre mid drops into the centre of defence at times. And he's a man who knows that system inside and out. So there's definitely scope to look at and elect at Man City Academy in Europe. But at the same time, let's get some experienced heads in because you know, that's really important in the championship. And we'll offer that nice balance between company, you know, a new coach to the championship and the players who are experienced. Yeah. And um, Rich, I think one of the things that George touched on there was um, Vincent Company has been known to favour younger players. And he's already saying that he's wanting to, to bring youth team players through and try and develop a much younger squad. That seems to be a little bit of a strange strategy, given when we looked at the retained list. There were quite a few of the youngsters in the development squad who we were expecting to be shortly breaking into the first team on their way out. Um, what was your, I guess, what was your gut reaction when you saw the retained list? Some of those outgoing players we knew were going to go anyway, but there were some on there that I was pretty disappointed about. Well, if they're not good enough, they're not good enough, is it? Don't matter who the new manager is. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I can't really talk about that because I'm not. I don't really go watch the Burnley youth games, so I've not seen enough of them play. So okay, I'm sure the play. I'm sure the people in the club know more about us uh, sit, sitting here on a podcast about some of these youth team lads. I think like you know the ones like Richardson have, have kept. I've seen like Tucker was was, was kept, but like someone like Anthony Glennon, who's never going to be good enough. Then. I think that's fair enough. And I think there's still <clears throat> such a huge gap between academy football and, and first-team football, even at championship level. So it didn't it didn't surprise me, really, that these lads have, have gone. Uh, I think George really made a good point there about, you know, you've still got to have a balance of youth and experience. I think Jack Cork is a player. I know he's not been fully released. I know he's in contract talks. I think he's someone who I'd really like to stay. I think yeah. his style of football would suit company more, a bit more passing. And if he can play in that 4-4-2, maybe he can drop in a little bit deeper and always be like a quarterback type player for us. I think Brownell will do fine in the championship next season. So I still think we've got a base, you know, a basis of some really good players in that squad. We just need to add to it. 
And you mentioned before about budget. Well, we don't know what the budget is going to be because we don't know who's going to go. You know, I've seen on, you know, people might like me mentioning him, people might not. Obviously, Alan Nixon, I thought, has got everything pretty much spot on all the way through this company saga in terms of the work permit, when it's going to happen. Um, and he was the first one who seemed to break the work permit story. Um, so he, he kind of like seems to think that Burnley's going to put high prices on all of these players. Um, so I, I don't think it's guaranteed that Pope's going to go, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think it's going to guaranteed. I think he's... Uh, oh, that's interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of money uh, that's going to be added to, uh, that's going to be put into his, his value. I think Carney's not necessarily guaranteed to, to going to go either. Um, I think we probably will lose one or two, but I don't think we're going to have wholesale kind of max, mass exoduses now um, in terms of player sales because I, I don't think we need to financially to sell four or five players. Uh, so, you know, we'll we'll just take it from here and, and see who goes. But, um, yeah, I know Matt's just put Paul will need to start, but it's all well and good saying he needs to, but it depends who comes who and pays the money yeah, for Yeah, that's him. true. And like, like, what, if who Burnley would want him? worth 30 odd, 40 million and, and that's what he's worth to us, who's going to pay it? I, yeah. I think the level Pope's going to go to because of his kicking and his distribution is the bottom half clubs. And I don't think they would pay that money for a goalkeeper. I might be wrong. And, and no, we'll I, I think that's really good. I, I think I've heard some rumours somewhere that West Ham were maybe looking at him. Fabianski, is it? Who's looking to retire. But I, I just don't... West Ham are, are pushing and they, they're pushing for those European slots and for Champions League as well. If they can, you know, that's their ambition. And Pope, to me, feels too at the older end of the spectrum. That's that, the sort of that end of his career for them to get in. Um, and, and yeah, George has put Follow Forest in there, but why would he go? I, I just, I don't know. And I think, I think to be honest, at the moment, I think Pope is so well respected in the England setup, and Southgate clearly likes him. Do we really think that he has to play in the Premier League to be considered for England? I'm not entirely sure he does. I think he could still make a push for it. I don't know. Um, I think he'll be third choice no matter what. Exactly. Even if he's in a Premier League. Yeah. So why not stay with a club he knows? And yeah, I know I I I completely agree. It's a case of him staying. I think he will go, say, like, but it's a case of people have still got to bid the money that Burnley think he's worth. So to me, how much is Pope's worth such a lot to Burnley? So they might just say, right, keep, you know, stay for a year, try and get his back promoted. And then we'll and then we'll go from there. So I think it's gonna be really interesting, but I think our budget really does. Um I don't think he has Matt from what I've seen. I don't think he has a release clause or it would have been kind of I might be wrong, but listen, no, everyone's commenting when I'm when I'm trying to speak, it's really distracting. Sorry. <laughs> you're making good points though, Rich. So you're getting us all engaged. We're all like firing in the chat box because you're making good points. Take it as a compliment. Sorry, sorry, Rich. Um, Tom, let's bring you back in um just to uh to, to add on to that. Um the main well, I guess that the, the main two signings that or re-signings that we've known about for some time now are both up front with um both Ashley Barnes and Jay. Uh, Jay was offered a new contract and we understand that Ashley Barnes has triggered his own option to extend a contract so we didn't have much choice in that um, even at championship level we do feel a little light up front don't we and I think I do wonder what uh, we think we're going to need in terms of championship if particularly if company does come and play this 4-4-2 that we expect him to um, 
I'm not entirely sure what our identity of our strike force is from a championship perspective. Yeah, I think a lot depends on when Vidra's back as well. I've heard that he's making like better than expected progress on the injury that he's got. Um, but you'd still think he's going to be out until probably at least Christmas, I would have thought. Um, I, th- I think someone in the sort of Andre Gray mould would, would be what we'd need. Someone who's quick. Oh, God, no, uh, don't, don't get him back. Someone with a, maybe with a better first touch than Andre Gray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're asking for and, and I'm not suggesting we go and sign him, Andre Gray himself, by the way. But uh, that's what we need. I think, obviously, you've got Barnes, who's a bit of a lump, Rodriguez. Um, I think his best days of the island, to be honest. I think we said on the podcast prior, like, it was all right giving him a new contract. You keep maybe one or the other, so you're not having to completely overhaul it. But I'm a bit disappointed that Barnes has resigned. To be honest, I think I don't think he's good enough for the championship, let alone the prem. Maybe you'll surprise me, but I'm hoping, yeah, that's that's a priority position really. That it can really make the difference. We saw that the season we went back up, and obviously the last time we got promoted as well, um, Danny Ings and then Andre Gray, two of the best players in, in the division in both them seasons, and. We wouldn't have gone up without those goals. So we need someone in that mould. We need to break the bank, I think, a little bit for someone, you know, young, uh, pace, I think, is a must, a good feat, and probably be looking at a bit of resale value as well. We've done good business with, with Ings and Gray. And, you know, we should be able to use that as a model and say, look, look what happened in the last two centre-forwards who, who fired us to promotion. They got big money moves and, you know, <laughs> they won't have to work again when they've retired. So, that, you know, that should be a good, uh, a good incentive for, for any young upcoming striker out there. I've heard his link with Scott Twine before. I think he's more of a number 10 than a number 9, but he might be an interesting time. And I saw him play um, for MK this season and uh, he does look a good player. Probably, he could probably adapt to the level. Um, don't come to me with names because I'm, I'm not... No, I'm not, really <laughs> I'm not either. That, that's, the, that's the model of the sort of player I'd like it to bring in. Maybe there's someone at Anderlecht who fits the bill or some other young, uh, you know, young, young talent on the continent that company's aware of. Or someone in Man City's academy, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I think it's it's a little bit. Of, I think what we've said here is that we just simply don't know yet. We don't know what our budget is. We don't know who company's connections are. He's going to spend a couple of weeks getting his backroom staff in place, getting to know what we've got there. Um, to, and to be honest, there's a lot of pla- there's a lot of places that we need cover for. As you were talking then, Tom, it suddenly occurred to me that our wingers are also quite painfully short as well assuming that we keep hold of Dwight which is not in any way a certainty either um Lennon's gone we've I keep forgetting we've got JBG who can play on the right but is made of glass so you know we don't know if we can rely on him for a full season Corney we assume will probably go as well um you know we've got a stable central midfield of, of I think Westwood Cork and Brownhill can do a really good job in the championship. I'm concerned about, I'd be looking to bring in another midfielder in January because I don't want to be starting the Premier League season the week after with just those three because we're straight back to where we are now. But from a championship perspective, those three excite me. I think they'll do a really good job. But both wings from an attacking perspective and up front, yeah. And of course, now we've got a massive overhaul of defence as well. Um, I, I guess... George, just coming to you just finally before we go, I think as much as we're sad to see all of these players, I think we, some of those players were way past it now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we can forget about, you know, worrying about losing people like Dale Stevens, Eric Peters, Phil Barsley, those kind of players. There's probably not that many from the release list that is going to impact us that much. 
yeah, it's just it's just numbers, isn't it? It, it it's one of those yeah. in that with from our perspective, you know, having having been fans under garlic for nigh on a century, you know, it felt like at times. Um, it, we never we never had summers where we brought in a flurry of players. We never brought in enough to really revitalize that squad. And now we've got no choice, some might say, but it's whether we do bring in a flurry of players. You know, that's a tough thing to do is to get eight, nine signings over the line. But if you look at that squad, it needs it just numbers wise. But yeah, like you say, the likes of Lennon, Stevens, Bardsley, the time probably up, maybe Lennon could have done a job in the championship. But I, I think for himself, he'll want a fresh challenge abroad. You know, not having to fight Saturday, Tuesday, every week in the championship. It was just the, the hammer blow of Ben Mee, wasn't it? That that was the only one where we, we didn't expect it. And it came out of nowhere. And it's a real shame. And I guess, I guess we'll see on Jack Cork. But like Tom said, I would really, really, really want him to stay. Yeah, um, me too. But yeah. we're going we're gonna to have to refresh this summer. There's going to be a flurry of signings brought in, fingers crossed. And I think I think our podcast, when we're previewing the season, uh, come nearer the end of July, will be a lot more, a lot more informative, and, and we'll have a, we'll have a lot. Yeah, a exactly. Lot <laughs> we'll have things. a clear head. Exactly. Yeah, we, we're going to wrap this up here, listeners. Actually, because I think we just wanted just to have a, a shortish podcast just to get back into your inboxes, but also give an immediate reaction to to company. There's not an awful lot more to discuss at the moment, and I don't necessarily want to dwell on relegation just yet we'll dissect as we get a few more incomings but I'm going to leave our panel with a little bit of a challenge the company years the new era in three words how do you feel about Burnley the company years Tom uh, I, I'm assuming I can't use whelmed yes you can, uh, you can. Say <laughs> get us promoted just get us promoted That's oh I, I love it Oh, look at that. George is crying in the in the screen. You've nicked his, his lines. Rich, three words. Uh, leader, inspirational. And oh, I love it. stylish. Yes, I love it, Rich Steele. I love it. George, you can't have um you can't have what, what Tom just said, so you're gonna have to do a new one, I'm afraid. Well, the thing that leads to my, my mind is big bold Belgium. But I'm going to go with um, Uppers Champions. What the hell? Oh, my God. Producer Matt, can you edit that bit out, please? Because this is a family-friendly show. Um, I'm Up going as to... Champions. <laughs> Up as Champions, I love it. I'm going to go with Inspirational Rebrand Incoming. Now, before we go, do we think we can coax Producer Matt, who's been lurking in the background, to come off mute and give us his three words? Oh, he's thinking about it. He's thinking. Oh. Wait and see. Yes, I love it. We've waited for an entire podcast and Matt comes on with wait and see. Um, listeners, we're going to wrap that up for now, but we're going to be back with you in a couple of weeks. We're going to keep an eye on initial company news, transfers, rumours, all sorts of things. We are going to look at the finances as well, because obviously we know that we've had this these Armageddon headlines across the press about Burnley having to pay back 65 million. As it turns out, it was... 15 million so we're going to have a look at that when we've got a bit more information and report on that we're going to look at what happened towards the end of the season and what our fixtures are going to be so stay tuned because a new season of 
or beat championship but a new season of the none and ever podcast will be with us soon and good news for you is there'll be more episodes because there's more games but we will be with you next season to hold your hand and to welcome in this new era my thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to this podcast to my colleagues tom george and rich who give up their time tonight to give their immediate reaction to the vincent company news to producer matt as ever for live editing this which has been very impressive tonight and for his pearls of wisdom at the end um finally as ever to you our listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um as we go into a new season your support is very much appreciated more than ever and we cannot wait to start again um stay tuned watch out for social media and we'll be back i think um i think dave I, do you know what matt you might have to jump in here i blatantly didn't read your messages from earlier but have we got some plans for some sort of preview show fbl episode this week yes so to wrap up the other side of things we need to crown our fbl known and never fbl league uh champion and the known and never fbl cup winner um and i don't know if there's anything else there we're also going to run this week a very brief alternative awards, um, which you will find on Twitter. They're just a simple Twitter polls, four or five categories, just to kind of sum up your thoughts on the on um, on last season. And we'll Good. announce the uh, the results of that in that episode. So that will be out towards the end of the week, I think. Excellent. I shall go and read all of your many messages that you've sent me about that today. Um, see, this is the benefit of having producer Matt on. He can mop up the admin that I've failed to do so. So there you go, listeners. Lots to look forward to. Do take care of yourselves in the meantime. This has been the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.